Before we get the show started, a number of you have asked about supporting what I do here at Monumental. I now have a mechanism on my website for that to occur. Just go to mattministry.com, mattministry.com, and click on the support page. You can make a one-time or recurring support gift. Your financial support provides me the help with resources and, more importantly, time to make more of what you hopefully enjoy. So go to mattministry.com and click support if you'd like to help. Your support is deeply appreciated. And with that, let's get it started. is where creative believers are encouraged to be great artists. My name is Matt Anderson, your mediocre host. Thank you so much for joining us. would invite you to please subscribe to this podcast on this platform on which you're listening and give us a five-star rating and review. If you could also do that, do all that wonderful stuff, uh, we will be very thankful for that. I cannot believe how rapidly change is occurring in our society, especially when it comes to technology. I, I, can't, I can't seem to catch my breath. Do you feel that way too? Every day brings five new things, <laughs> five new apps, five new bots, five new innovations, uh, and you, you literally can't keep up with it. I don't even know if people within that world can keep up with it. Uh, I, I've been hearing a lot uh, and probably not retaining very much, but hearing a lot about artificial intelligence lately. Okay, now I, I already sound 142 years old with that last sentence. I've been hearing about this artificial this intelligence, this artificial but there, it's a thing, right? AI is a thing. And, uh, I, you know, 20 some odd years ago when the movie AI came out, uh, Spielberg directed that, I really had zero understanding of, of what it was. All I knew is that the movie kind of creeped me out, kind of scared me. And, uh, but then I thought, ah, it's way in the future. But it's a very real thing, folks. And, um, Many of the people who are designing apps and systems that employ artificial intelligence, let's just say they have the best of intentions. I mean, I am hearing about how, maybe not too far from now, how improved medicine and treatment will become as a result of it. Um, there might be technology that can literally diagnose without any kind of surgery being done. Uh, you know, that's pretty exciting. But we also know with every innovation, there certainly is a, a dark side. There's an opportunity for evil to be done, and, and that really is the scary part. Now, the arts uh, are no stranger to what we would now call, we call them deep fakes, um, 
we used to call them forgers back in the back in the day in the visual arts world. Uh, they would be people who would do fake paintings. They would take masterpieces and duplicate them, and then those could be sold for great value, usually very privately. Uh, but they've been around for centuries and are are still being used, um, and and sometimes to the great chagrin of people who have paid six or more figures uh, for a work. Sometimes they can fool even experts in their field. Um, we know that expensive gemstones and jewelry can be faked with unsuspecting people displaying them at important events or <laughs> very suspecting people, if you catch my drift. But probably no genre of the arts has been faked and forged more than writing. Uh, supposed old documents have been created, you know, like on what's supposed to be old parchment. Um, and, uh, and you'll see kind of the old quill style pen and, and, and old cursive being used. But it was actually manufactured in someone's basement. And the, you know, the paper was soaked in iced tea to make it look older than it was and then sold to collectors for thousands or sometimes even millions of dollars. For ages, people have plagiarized uh, quotes, stories, uh, passing them off as their own. Term papers have been reproduced to unsuspecting professors. On and on it goes. And then things are created to catch those kinds of things. But thanks to AI, we have new models and apps being rolled out that can actually create things out of thin air. Now, one of the latest is something you may have heard of. It's called ChatGPT. Uh, ChatGPT is the creation of a company called OpenAI. Uh, OpenAI was co-founded, by the way, by Elon Musk, but he left the company in 2018. So now, what I, a Generation Xer who is technically ignorant, is about to do is try to explain to all of you who are in my boat what ChatGPT is. So please, your prayers are greatly appreciated. Now, from what I understand, this was released back in November, a few months ago. And as of the time of this recording, it is free because it is still in research mode. It is free to anyone who wants to use it if you can access it. And good luck with that, by the way, because they now have millions of users and there's a waiting list now to get on and you will be waiting. But among other things, ChatGPT can just create on demand. It uses a conversational style. It responds to questions and prompts that you give it, and sometimes it may respond with other questions or with uh, other statements, and it will access its enormous reservoir of information and then can produce just about anything. Uh, this is from Business Insider. Uh, chat bots like GPT are powered by large amounts of data and computing techniques to make predictions to string words together in a meaningful way. They not only tap into a vast amount of vocabulary and information, 
but also understand words in context. This helps them mimic speech patterns while dispatching an encyclopedic knowledge. So, for instance, uh, even just today, I went to the chat GPT site, but it is inaccessible uh, because of so many users, and there's a waiting list. But in its stead, it gave an example of what it can do. So, for instance, you could type in the following prompt. Write a stand-up comedy routine about the status of ChatGPT. In other words, to show how busy it is. So write a stand-up comedy routine about how busy ChatGPT is. And ChatGPT responded with what I'm going to read to you. So I'm now going to read the stand-up routine created by ChatGPT after just a one-sentence prompt in milliseconds. The comedian says, So I was trying to use this new AI chatbot website called ChatGPT, and I got an error message that said, a lot of people are checking out ChatGPT right now. Please check back soon. Then it says, pauses for laughter. (laughs) You might be waiting a while. I mean, seriously, Uh, the website is so popular that it can't handle all the traffic. And my only option is to check back soon. It's like they're saying, sorry, we're too popular right now. Try again later. But seriously, how many times can I check back before I just give up and try a different chatbot? I don't, I don't have all day to wait for my turn to talk to a robot. I guess I'll just have to stick to talking to my cat for now. At least he doesn't have a waiting list. Just remember, if you're trying to chat with ChatGPT and you get the same error message, don't worry. It just means you're not the only one who wanted to try out this fancy AI chatbot. And that ends it. <laughs> that was all written by ChatGPT. Not me. Thank you. Not me. Okay, please. Uh, in other words, Dave Chappelle doesn't need to lose really any sleep anytime soon. But... It created, quote-unquote, a stand-up bit. Okay, but it's really not funny. Yet. Uh, By the way, ChatGPT tells you, as a comedian, when to pause for laughs in the script. I told you one of them, but there's literally one, two, three, four, five. (laughs) It tells you five places where you're supposed to pause and uh, and allow the laughs to just cascade (laughs) over you because you're so funny. Uh, <laughs> it's doing all of that. And it even tells you when to exit the stage. I'm assuming because you're, you're not funny. But really, it, that's what it's doing. And it's only going to get more proficient as it goes. So again, a writer now for Business Insider, uh, Samantha Deloya, she asked ChatGPT to write an article for her about ChatGPT. And she said that what it created was a, quote, convincing article filled with misinformation. (laughs) But here's how the ChatGPT article started. This is what it popped out for her. It started with this. As a journalist at Insider, I was always on the lookout for new ways to streamline my workflow and produce engaging content. So when I heard about ChatGPT, a language model developed by OpenAI, I was eager to give it a try. 
Uh, now, folks, that's end of quote. <laughs> folks, I mean, that, that sounds like a logical opening to an article. But the bot did that, not her. Now, OpenAI, the parent company, has acknowledged that this has its limitations, and they say ChatGPT sometimes writes plausible-sounding but incorrect or nonsensical answers. But really, how long will that be the case? I mean, on a micro level, guys, let's, let, let's put a real practical use to it, fellas. Here we are. This broadcast is in February. Let's imagine it's now Valentine's Day. And you, this isn't you. This would be like the guys you know, not you. But let's say you forgot to make any romantic arrangements uh, for the holiday. Um, by the way, let this podcast now serve as your reminder. But let's say here you are, you're in a pinch, and it's the day of. So you go to your chat GPT. And you ask it to write a romantic poem for your wife, and voila, it appears. I mean, I can, yeah, I can just hear the excitement of men everywhere out there right now. They're like, wait a minute now. <laughs> this AI stuff's pretty good. But it see, it's not just the written word, it's the spoken word. There are all kinds of deep fake voice. AI bots that will put the words of other people to text. You just type the text in, pick the voice, and bam, there it is. Uh, for instance, uh, I, I was watching a video, and this happened a, a year or two ago, where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio uh, addressed the United Nations. And by the way, I, it's a shame that sentence wasn't created by AI. <sighs> Anyhow, um, it started with DiCaprio reading his speech off the teleprompter in the General Assembly there, and then suddenly the AI bot inserted other celebrity voices with DiCaprio there speaking, but now it was other voices speaking his words in perfect synchronization. They were voices ranging from, seriously, Kim Kardashian to Bill Gates. Uh, is this getting a little bit scary yet? You know, Book of Revelation, anybody? Um, but, you know, on another level, I'm wondering, what happens when a, when a pastor or a preacher asks ChatGPT to write a sermon on Moses in the Red Sea? I mean, oy, that, that kind of sends awful shivers down my spine. Or how about this? Write a 400-page novel about a family on the frontier of Oklahoma in the early 1800s. I mean, this stuff kind of gets crazy and scary. Can you imagine someone maybe getting a Pulitzer and it all came from a one-sentence prompt on ChatGPT or one of its cousins that will be formulated? I, I know that's not happening yet, but how far off can it be? So in a world where anything can be created, seemingly, does it water down what we do as artists? Does it render us obsolete? Well, the answer is no, of course. And I will tell you why in just a moment. Thank you.
So in response to all these artificial intelligence bots and models in which poems can be written out of thin air, I want to remind us of something. And for this, we're actually going to look back at the beginning of the Bible and human history itself. I have found myself drawn back to the book of Genesis lately particularly the first few chapters. Uh, Now, I have to admit, for years, even as a preacher, I really just gave it scant attention, uh, especially the account of Eden and, and all that. And I think it's because I figured getting into that would be such deep weeds it, because it automatically leads down the rabbit hole of now you got to know uh, that evolution, you know, and now we got to debate and then we got to get talk about Darwin. And, uh, and, and that's important. And I'm glad we have really smart people who can do that. Uh, I'm not a sciencey guy. And so I didn't even want to go there. Um, I've kind of avoided preaching on Genesis one, two, and three, much like I've largely avoided preaching out of Revelation, because everybody kind of already has their set opinions, and then they have humongous charts to prove their point. And uh, I, I didn't want to get into all that. And so, especially science, I just, I really cannot, I can't stand science. I avoid it at all costs. So I would just say, God created it. Okay, Noah, you know, and just move on with my life. But I think the Holy Spirit has been drawing me back to Eden and and to get past the Darwin debate. Not that it isn't important, but there's actually bigger stuff here. Uh, things to get back to, the, the, you know, the essential building blocks of human society as designed by Almighty God. Okay, I'm not into science, but I am very into history. And we cannot have any appreciation of our history unless we know where we truly came from. And since this podcast is geared to creatives, I want to remind us of the best alignment to be in for us as artists in order to bring high excellence and, of course, maximum glory to God. Obviously, the opening couple of chapters is God on full display as he literally speaks things into existence. The the phrase, and God said, is used over and over and over again in making things. And that's where we have chat GPT beat. What we earnestly desire in what we create is to hear from God. Though not an audible voice, he conveys to our hearts and minds his desire and his pleasure, helping us understand what we are to do. All of our creations, all the things we make begin with God's spoken word to us. And then in Genesis 2, he makes man from the dust of the earth and then breathes into his nostrils the breath of life. 
Now, this is a different approach from everything else he had made to this point. So let's put it into, into practical terms. At some point, conception must become realization. And we as God's instruments must take this initial idea, this skeleton, whatever you want to call it, and then breathe the life that we receive from Christ into what we are making. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us, Romans says. So when, when we put our hands to the wheel or to the brush, or to the pen, or to the camera. We are bringing this idea to life. This is what I think is so awesome in the work of creating. So think about this. You know, God the Father could have just been our chat GPT. <laughs> you could, it could stand for God pulls through. We could have our own little chat GPT, and God just does stuff. And we were like, God, could you do this and make this? And then poof, of course, of course he could do that. He could have done all the creating for us. And he truly would have done it better than us. But he wants to partner with you. He wants you to experience how exciting and joyous it is to breathe life into something. Isn't that amazing? You all know that joy, don't you? I mean, that's really why we do this. This is the, this is the shot of adrenaline. This is the B12 that <laughs> hits us at certain moments in the creative process. I think it comes in waves. There's kind of that initial idea, and it gets us very excited. We're like, yes. And we feel like God's word has now spoken and it saturates our, our heart and mind as far as a, an overall direction to go. And then, of course, along the way, the breath of God both kind of sustains us in our tasks, sort of fills our lungs for the mission before us, and then fills us with incredible wonder as we have regular reminders, I think, from the Lord along the way. It's all, I like to call it his yes and amen. When we have those moments in creating, when it's like a yes, go for it, yes, you can almost hear God saying it. It's so hard to put those spiritual dopamine shots into words, but I think it's, it's kind of really what it is. It's, it's just brief moments of God's word and God's breath operating in our lives. And He's given us access to that. Isn't that amazing? But then there's the in-between times. <laughs> this is the day-in, day-out grind of creating. There are the months, weeks, and days filled with trudging through the mud. The times when the emotion is not there. We've hopefully heard from God, but man, it gets hard. And then we wonder, did I hear from him at all? The emotion isn't there, but the work is there to be done. We don't feel inspired and we, we, we can't wait for God's breath to so, somehow just show up to motivate us to roll up our sleeves and, and keep going. 
we just we have to make it happen in other words why is creating so freaking hard there's the question our answer is in genesis genesis 3 it's actually mainly because of our sin like everything else sin complicated everything it made everything harder but not impossible. It was just going to take a lot more work. And see, that's where now the image of God kicks in. We've talked about the Word of God and the breath of God, but it's the image of God within us that carries us through day by day. When, when God was pronouncing judgment on Adam and Eve for their sin, for taking the fruit from the forbidden tree. And by the way, the same pronouncement comes upon us as well. God said this in Genesis 3, to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. And to Adam, he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return did you hear that recurring phrase the recurring word of pain it was used i think three times in other words eve you will still create i will use you to bring life but it's going to be a painful process. Adam, you're going to feed your family, but the soil will not cooperate. It's going to be painful now. In pain, it said. It's part of our judgment as sinful beings. We have to deal with now the pain of creating. But catch this. God still doesn't eliminate us from the creative process. We still bear his image and blueprint. In chapter one, God says, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image, in our likeness. I think part of that image, part of that likeness, that blueprint is the desire to make things, to create. And whether on a canvas or in an oven or on film, or via the birth canal. I think we have an inherent desire to create. And even though we have sinned, God still allows us to experience the joy of creating, even though now it's more painful than originally intended. And you see, AI will never be able to capture that. It won't be able to deep fake that. Oh, I'm sure it will get quite sophisticated, but it will never carry the Word of God, the breath of God, working through the image of God 
Therefore, it will never ultimately have the power of God either. Besides, we can't control these things, right? (laughs) So let's dispose our fears of the future. Let's lay them at the foot of the cross and keep, I'll say it, painfully working at the joyful task set before us. We appreciate you being a part of the MattCast. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our MattCast family. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at mattcastworld at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. If you'd like more information or to hear our archives, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time. Thank you.